Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, July 20th. It is a free-for-all. We have an hour, so you want to jump in here quickly. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything goes, pick up the phone and join me. Those phone lines are open right now. Looks like the calls are starting to come in. 855-950-3835. I do have a topic I want to talk about while we're lining up some calls, so go ahead and jump in now. You know, I've talked a lot over the last several years about getting started as an owner-operator, moving to your own authority, and it was really the last year, 18 months, almost two years, was the first time since I've been in the industry that I outright told people, no, do not buy a truck right now. No, do not go get your own authority right now. It's the first time I've ever done that. Even if we go back to 07, 08, I wasn't really telling people in the downturn not to get started. I was just saying, make sure you've got a good, solid plan. And I'm a believer in starting at the bottom. I really think it is the best way to do it. But the conditions were so bad, mostly because of pricing of equipment. If you didn't have a truck, I was telling people, do not go buy one. Just start working on your plan and just get ready because the opportunities are coming and they're here now. So getting started right now, I don't think is a bad time at all. I think it's one of the best times. I read an article this morning that said the opposite, that especially if you were going to go get your own authority, there's no way you should start right now. Just sit it out, wait on the sidelines. It's not bad advice, but it's not the best advice either. The best advice would be to teach somebody how to do it right. And this is a good time to get started. There are a lot of things that would be in your favor right now. And here's a good example of uh, now, does that mean everybody who wants to go buy a truck or get their own authority should go do it? Hell no, not even close. In fact, I will make the opposite statement. Most of the people who think they want to be in business should not do it, probably ever. But many of them who get into business will not be prepared and then That article would be correct. If you're not prepared or if you don't have the right situation, this isn't a good time. But if you remember, going all the way back to 2017, 2018, I started telling people to get ready. If you want to be in this business, start getting ready. Now, a lot of people were just jumping into business in 2018. And I I was saying, that's a bad idea too. If you're not ready there is no good time to get into business. If you are ready, there is almost no bad time to get into business. The one exception was when equipment prices were just insane. And I said, wait it out, they'll come down. They have, there's bargains all over the place on trucks right now. So it's a matter of being ready. It's really not a matter of timing. I've, I've been saying this for 30 years. When people call me and ask, is this a good time? Forget the time. The time really doesn't matter much. What matters is how prepared you are. Now, here are some statistics. I was actually a little shocked by these. Uh, Where did I put those? Hold on. Uh, There we go. Um, Oh, no, that's not the one. I had a lot of stuff, I guess, I wanted to talk about today. Oh, I know where it was. Hold on. 
I had too many notes today, too many things open. Here it is. Uh, Here's some statistics on capacity in our industry. If we compare May of 2022 to June of 2023, 10,000 drivers have stopped driving in 14, no, I'm sorry, 510,000 drivers. I knew that didn't sound right. 510,000 drivers have stopped driving in the last 14 months. And 50,000 fleets with authority have ceased operating. 50,000. Now, some of those, many of those are one truck operations. There's no doubt. But those numbers are bigger than I expected. We have washed a lot of capacity out of the industry really, really fast. I mean, think about it. The downturn really didn't start till this year. I mean, 2022 was still a good, strong year. 2023 has still been a strong year for contract freight. There are still small carriers doing really well. I know lots of them, but a lot washed out. Why? Exactly the reason I was saying. Just because we have this screaming hot freight economy does not mean it's a good time to get into business, but everybody thought so. And it happens every time. But these are the people who got in not understanding the business, not understanding the freight cycle we were in, not understanding cost of operations and how they can change and how volatile all this is. And they got into business and they started to grow. And most of them grew too fast. In fact, I've got got an example here of exactly what we're talking about. Uh, A Georgia-based trucking company which reported a significant drop in revenue this year compared with the previous two years filed for bankruptcy liquidation on Friday. Uh, Big J Express in Norcross, Georgia filed its petition. Uh, The trucking company which obtained its operating authority in 2014, right after the last crash when things really started to pick up and and looked good. 2014 was a good year, I remember it. Uh, Lots and lots of trucking companies have started during this time frame. Uh, They had 37 drivers and the same number of power units hauled general freight. In its petition, Big J Express posted gross revenues of around $1.5 million Uh, until its filing date of July 14th. So that was from January 1st to July 14th. So let's just call it a half of a year. It's a little more than that, but we'll call it a half of a year. 1.5 million. So let's double that. Had they stayed in business, I guess they may have hit 3 million, but that's on 37 tractors that the math does not work at all. I'm not even sure how they stayed in business up until that point with those kind of numbers. Um, So in comparison, so this year they're about to do 3 million if they would have been able to stay in business. That's revenue. Uh, In 2022, their revenue was $6.1 million. Their revenue dropped by 50%. That's the problem with that business model that I talk about all the time. Buy trucks, 
chase rates on the load board, one and done. Don't ever build any relationships. Don't worry about expenses. This is what happens. Can you build a trucking company during good times? Absolutely. And that's when people push back on my advice. They're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm buying three more trucks and we've got freight everywhere. Yep, you do. Just keep going. And here's where you end up. And what a lot of people don't realize is the damage and destruction that comes from this type of of business. 37 families, 37 drivers out jobs in a really bad market. Lots and lots of vendors who will never get paid from this company. The damage and destruction to the economy because of, of a lack of business knowledge to get started. Sure, it looked great when he was building this company. The damage now, though, is, is uh, it's pretty devastating. And this is one company, and I just talked about 50,000 carriers have exited in one year. This just gets really, really ugly. Now, the you know, the bankruptcy will wipe out a lot of this, but but the owners are probably going to end up filing personal bankruptcy as well. Um, I, I was here once. I, I was at this place, not that big. I had 11 trucks and I made all the same mistakes I talk about today. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand the freight and and the economy and the cycle we were in. I just knew that every time I bought a truck, I made more money on the top line. I had no idea what was happening on the bottom line. So all of a sudden I have 11 trucks and it's getting harder and harder to pay the bills every month. And I'm borrowing money to put tires on a truck. That's a bad sign. And I'm starting to get behind on my fuel bill. Bad sign. And then the next thing I know, I just, I'm being told by attorneys, you might as well just file bankruptcy. And that didn't sound right to me. I made the mess. I figured I should probably try as hard as I could to clean it up. So nine of the 11 trucks got sold. We had some teams then. So I think it was about 12 or 13 drivers lost their job. That was hard for me. I have employed people since the age of 23. I hired my first driver my second year in business, and I have employed people every year since then. And when I had to fire people or let people go, that was not a good feeling at all. And then personally, I was in about $60,000 in debt, most of it taxes. You can't wipe out the tax debt with bankruptcy. So even though the attorneys were telling me, oh, just file bankruptcy, that's what it's for. Well, yeah, it would have gotten me out of some of this, but the biggest part of the debt would have followed me anyway. So why not just try to pay it off? Which I did, it took me about four years, but I had to go back to two trucks. I had to go back to driving almost full-time. I was working six or seven hours overnight, went back to school, figured out accounting, figured out how to really run a business. And fortunately, I didn't have to go out of business. I was able to keep the two trucks and then start adding again. Uh, And and I managed to save it. And it's where I learned a lot of lessons. But boy, it was close. I I could have been washed out of the industry that time. And who knows? I may not have come back. I may have gone and found something else to do. So it, it, I, I am not telling people this is the time that you should just run out and do this without a plan. But if you have a plan and you have the right situation. I also talk a lot about this, my book and my course. We, I had a, I've got a caller I'm working with right now. I think he's gonna start calling me every week. Uh, young, still in his 20s. 
wants to get into business and he's getting ready. So he's working through the program. So I had him figure out his net worth and his monthly expenses. And he called me back with those numbers and he is a slam dunk for this. He's ready to go. And yes, he can start right now. And if he wanted to, I'd be fine helping him get his own authority even. It's not probably not the best idea. And he understands that he's looking at Landstar. I think it's a great way for him to get started. But ultimately, he does want to build a fleet. And I'm, I'm all for it. He has over $100,000 in net worth in his 20s. That tells me a lot of things. One, that he's really good at managing money and he's disciplined. Two, he's got cash. That cash is really important. What have I been saying since 2017? Pay down debt, save cash. He did that. He has very little debt, if any, plenty of cash. And to to live and pay the bills only takes him $24,000 a year. It, it's almost foolproof really is so he but he's still not in a hurry we're going to take our time he's going to call me every week we're going to look for the right truck we're going to work out all these other issues i can promise you when he gets into business he will be a success and i can see him building a fleet over time um i i wish i just wish i was as smart as he was in my 20s i learned the hard way I made some big, big mistakes, and luckily I survived them and was able to learn from them. But I would have much rather been smart enough to ask all the right questions the way he's doing right now. So it, uh, it can be a good time right now. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. All right, let's, uh, let's get to some phone calls. I had some other things I might come back to later, but uh, let's get to the phones. Let's get started in Texas today. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. This is John. How are you? Good. What can I help you with today? Hey, so I called last Wednesday. Um, Lauren is working with my wife, Tammy. Uh, she has no gallbladder. We're on the PPI kit. Uh, we had an issue that had come up that I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Before she did her um, discovery with Lauren, uh, I had already got her started on the um, bile salt. Okay. Um, and we'd had these bile salts for a little while because I tried to get them on her on it before. So I'm not sure if there was an expiration issue. So one of the problems she started having that we noticed, and it really didn't, you really didn't notice it then that it was a deal until right now. But um, when she would eat and take the bile salts uh, is what we're figuring out now. She would have just the urge, urgency to run to the bathroom, and it was, you know, it might start off a little soft, but then it would end up diarrhea and, and, and she'd have cramping going on. It wasn't crazy cramping, but some, and then she may even have to go right back again and do it again. So our mentality was, well, maybe you need to increase because she started off with two bile salts. I said, well, let's do three with your meal. Okay. So now the, where we're at right now is she has had that issue for four weeks now, as in like, Let's just say Wednesday was yesterday, Tuesday, when she ate, she had a little bit of the cramping and all she ate, she ate a salad when this happened. So it was a salad, so, so, had some chicken in it. Hold on a second. One of the things we want to remember here about bile salts is we kind of have to manage this ourselves. Our, our gallbladder used to do this for us. The gallbladder didn't <laughs> just say, oh, she's chewing. Let's release a bunch of bile. The, the body senses what you're eating because bile is only necessary for dissolving fats. 
So if we're eating a high protein, low fat salad, maybe might have some chicken in it. I don't know how much dressing might have been on there. That may be a meal where she doesn't want any bile salt at all. Okay. So that may be one issue. Okay. So and we're just going to have to kind of work through this. One thing I need to be clear on, because I, I wasn't clear, is this the bile salts from our store? No, but I, I so, will say that I did order some, and I have some on the way. We should have them this weekend. And, and I'm not to saying get to those. that's going to solve the problem. Um, bile salts right. are not that complicated. It's ox bile. Ours does have other enzymes and other things in there that can help um, thin out the bile so bile flows better. Um, even though she doesn't have a gallbladder, there's still bile involved. It's just being dropped into right. her intestines all the time. That's part of the problem. So it, I'm not saying that our bile salt will solve the problem, but at least then I know it's not an issue. You know, I don't know what you're using. I'd have to go look at it. I'd have to go research it. So I'm glad you've got ours coming because then we can just set that aside. This isn't an issue of a poor quality supplement or maybe it's missing some of the other cofactors we put in ours. Um, So that could be part of it. Um, The other thing, every once in a while, we'll get somebody that we actually, so we have two products. One is called Beta Plus. One is called Beta TCP. Beta plus is the bile salts and the plus is actually the bile salts. The other um, nutrients in there are pretty similar. Um, Sometimes, even if somebody doesn't have a gallbladder, we might start them off on beta TCP first and, and get some of those other nutrients in there that will support thinning of the bile and some of those other factors going on. And then we could introduce the bile salts. I, I, I don't. I won't try that yet. Let's let's let the other bile salts get here. Let's try them. Let's start to maybe manage the dose and when we take them and see if this gets better. Okay. Yeah, because it got extremely bad. Uh, so ye- yesterday, it was uh, horrible cramping. Pull over the side of the road. Go back. Then the second time she went back and had to do it, she ended up throwing up as well. But the, you know, we're, we're in a big full-size tr- truck with a big sleeper, so, so we have a bathroom, which is good. Yeah, let me ask you another question, so we can kind of get to okay. the get to where we need to be here. Has she so during this time when she's having this experience, has she taken a day or two and not taken that particular bile salt? No, and that's what we're getting ready to do. Yeah, I want to see if it's the eating that's causing the problem, or maybe it is actually this bile salt causing the problem. Okay, okay. So let's rule that out first, and then then we kind of know where to go next, because this is a little odd, and it may just be a coincidence. It may not be the bile salt at all. Something else might be going on, but let's rule that out first. Right. Yeah, so I, I was just doing some reading. Uh, anything like a, like I came across a bile acid malabsorption, um, which is, I guess, from what I'm reading, it's stating kind of that you your liver can produce more bile than what it needs, which can cause it to go into the, the upper in, intestines or in the stomach, yes. cause almost like acid, yep. uh, you know, problems. And I guess if you if you didn't know that your liver created more bile than what it needs to be creating. And then when she got her gallbladder removed, because they said she had gallstones from what I'm reading there, it said it can create gallstones, whether that's the case or not. 
I just wonder if she's got an overactive liver creating bile as well. And I'm putting, we're putting pills right on top of it. That's what we're probably, that's what we're trying to test now. If her, if her digestion becomes more normal without the bile salts, then we could try one more experience, which would be try our bile salts just once or twice. We're not going to put her through a week of misery. Um, but right. that, that would, if, if you take away the bile salts and things get better, then I would stop taking them for now. When the beta plus comes, I would try it once or twice. If you get the same reaction, then we have to assume that she may either not be absorbing the bile, reabsorbing as we reabsorb the excess bile. So it's not a big right. problem that the liver produces too much. We should just be able to reuptake that bile. So that may be where the problem lies. Now, if that's the case, that's a little more difficult to troubleshoot. That, okay. That's going to be, that's not one of the common problems we see. We're going to have to dig in and figure out why that might be occurring. Um, but let's, let's take this one step at a time. Okay, okay. Um, so we'll do that. I had one um, comment. I think it was Monday you had a, dry, uh, a new caller call in a new driver who sounded pretty squared away he was a team driver from another company and he was talking about coming over to landstar uh, if you remember he wanted to know about a 10 if you could do ten thousand a week oh you yeah. remember that call right right <laughs> yeah okay so he said he had talked to some i'm not sure like you you say uh truck the truck stop counter people you know <laughs> yeah. you start hearing all this stuff so my you know my wife and i are teams here and we have been here for eight years and you know, we've done everything from work the load board, uh, you know, FedEx loads, you know. The, so like he says, you know, the $10,000 weeks gro- uh, gross, uh, you know, depending on what your costs are, and what you know, what you can, where you can be at, you know, to take care of everything, uh, you know, is, is easy over here if you know what you're doing and you've got a good head. Where he was coming up and saying, oh, you know, what about 20000 a week? we've worked through Landstar and we've got into a special division where those loads are there for us when they're there. Um, so if you talk to somebody that says, Hey, you know, you, you can do this kind of, well, you can, but they're <laughs> far and few between. Exactly. They don't happen right. all the time. Now the last, I would say the last two years, it was a lot more abundant. Yes. You know, there was yeah. ways for us to make that money, that kind of money a, a lot. But it's cut pretty much in half now, you know, just everywhere, every across the board. Right. So as long as you, you know, you know how to cut your expenses, you know how to do this, coming out of a Landstar for someone like him that knows what he's looking at is going to be the ideal thing, I feel. You know, I think he would do good. Yes, just, I agree. You got to look at that, that gross of eight to 10000 for a team truck, you know, and it's even better if you're a husband and wife team because that goes to you. Right. But it's totally doable. But don't look at those big picture monies until you get your feet in. You look at some of the special divisions that you can get involved in. And, you know, those loads are out there when they happen. But you may only get it once or twice a year. So, um, And part, you're exactly right. And part of the problem with this is the entire focus in this industry is on how much you gross. It's all anybody right. ever talks about. And it makes me crazy because if, if when, when we get into where we were in the last couple of years, then you have these TikTok and YouTube influencers talking about, oh, you can make a million dollars, just follow me. And I, oh, it's just total bullshit. 
and people will crash and burn. And I hate to see that happen. I hate to see people yeah, who, yeah, who, if we brought them into into this industry correctly, they would be really good. They would add to the industry. It's good for our economy. But when we bring people in with these, you know, you're just going to get rich. All you have to worry about is the gross that, that they're going to crash and burn. We're seeing it. 50,000 trucking companies out of business in a year. Right, right. Absolutely. And it's this kind of yeah, thinking and, and, that does that. And, and and when you got your head on straight, like, you know, he did really seem like he had a good head on his shoulder. Absolutely. And you come as a team, especially the, to Landstar and the ability that you have to look at your own loads and look at the lanes and build relationships with the agents. Those solo runs, you know, even on times like this where it really gets it. And I remember when I first started in 2014 and 15, as a team, it, the team freight wasn't really crazy unless you were already hooked up with like right. uh, a FedEx account or something. The, you know, Google accounts were, you know, all that kind of stuff wasn't going then. So FedEx was the thing. But before that, you had to look at those solo runs and you had to say, well, that guy, that load is posting for, let's just say, 2000 for this trip. I, we can do that in a day. A solo can't. That's a two day run for a solo or whatever. Right. So that's how we looked at it. We had to grab freight like that. And you have, you have to think outside the box and say, okay, what do we need? You know, what is our cost for that day? What's our cost, you know, for that day? What do we need per mile for our, you know, our fixed? What do we need for, you know, whatever. And that's your day number. That's what we did. And our day number told us what we needed and that covered everything we needed. And we just looked for those when times were slow. But then when times picked up for team freight and they need exclusive teams, then you've got it made because you've already been working with these agencies and you're ready to go. So just uh, hopefully he's listening and he can hear, you know, it's it's not all, you know, grass is greener always on the other side. But if you get over here and you work it and you learn, you know, how Landstar works and you get on with, the, you know, get, get in touch with a couple of teams that know what they're doing over here, um, you can be very, very prosperous with what you're doing, just, just running the way things are running right now, even right now. I agree. Um, we're, it, you know, yep. we're making it and we're making it because we've already been there. So. And, and, and you know, I've said this. Maybe about, that helps you. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. And I, I've said this about Landstar for years. When we were at the top, at the peak, Landstar wasn't putting out the best rates ever. They were slightly under the spot market a lot of times. And the reason that is, is because they're loyal to their customers. They're, they're good at this. They're loyal to their customers. They don't grab every penny they can just because they can. So what happens then is many of their customers are loyal to them as well. Their customers aren't breaking those contracts and running out and putting this freight on the spot market cheaper. They're staying with Landstar. We've talked about this. You may not get the absolute best rates at the peak, but you're also not going to get the worst rates at the bottom. And and that's kind of nice to oh, know. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's a, yeah, that's a when, good and, business you know, model. And, you, and we, we can look at this the way the rates are, or the way the, the, the industry is right now. The, the, the volume is what is I feel is, I mean, we all dropped in rates. All our rates right, dropped, but right. they're still better than they were in 2014 and 15. Yeah. You know, they're still 225, 250 a mile. You can find all day long if you know what you're looking for. And it's the volume of those loads. You know, I monitor the loads that go from the east to the west for a team. We did east to west, west to east yeah. for the last three years. You can look at those, and they've cut down three quarters. 
I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's I know. nothing compared to what it it's, used to it's be. It's crazy. And we know that by the container ships not coming in like they were, the, their market is just tanked when you were talking about it the other day. So it, you just got to find the other avenues. There's other ways, you know, rates or uh, lanes that you can pick up other than those that we're paying so well. You just got to know how to manipulate yep. and go you, the different ways. So he'll, he'll do, do well. He just needs to get over here and get his feet wet. Exactly. He, he's he was he's in a good financial position. He's researched this well. He's thinking. And you know what? That tells you a lot of things. Not only does it make them better prepared right now, but you also know by their actions, they're going to make a better business owner. Right. Definitely. Well, that's all I've got. I just wanted to throw that out there because I listened to that the other day and uh, and we'll get started on this uh, just give her a break for a couple of days, I think is what we're going to do. Yeah. See if she kind of levels out, and then we'll try those new biosolves. All right, excellent. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Let's, uh, let's go to North Carolina. Shauna, welcome to the program. Hello. Good morning. What can I help you with today? Hello. Hey, hi. Um, I apologize. I'm a first-time caller I'm on the show in anywhere in general. So. Okay. But I had a couple of questions here. Um, they're all kind of related to each other. The first one I just want to get out of the way because it's just easier is I listen to the efficiency show too. And I hear a lot of like talk about all the different truck models, but I never really hear a lot about Kenworth trucks. Um, is there, is it just because they don't drive those trucks? Like everyone that talks about it on the show or is Kenworth just like a truck that you don't really it, no, that's recommend? An inter- like, interesting question. Like you know, pack, pack car is the parent company for both Kenworth and Peterbilt. Um, traditionally, okay. Kenworth and Peterbilt have been the premium owner-operator truck. So if, if we go okay. back in time before fleets, you know, would do anything just to attract drivers, um, basically trucks like the Freightliner and International were fleet trucks mostly. Um, Pack Car, Kenworth, Peterbilt, that was the elite owner-operator truck, high-quality, excellent trucks. Um, Over the years, some things have happened and changed, though. And and I really don't recommend Car anymore. And it's not because of the quality of the truck. It's because of the choice of engines that are available. So if we go back again, there was a time when you could buy any truck with any engine. You, if you wanted to buy a pack car back in the 80s, 90s, you could put a Detroit in it, you could put a Cat in it, you could put a Cummins in it. Um, and for the most part, those were the three engine choices we had. You could put several different transmissions in. You could do a Spicer driveline, you could do an Eaton driveline. You had lots and lots of options. That's now changed. Every truck manufacturer now, for the most part, builds its own engines. So now if you want to buy a Volvo, you buy a Volvo truck with a Volvo engine and a full Volvo driveline and everything is designed to work together. If you buy a Freightliner, you're going to get a Detroit engine. Freightliner owns Detroit. So it's really their own engine and their own transmissions and their own driveline now. Uh, International is is rolling out that model, its own truck, own engine, own driveline. Mac, it's always been its own truck, its own engine, its own driveline. That's the model now. And it works better because these trucks have become so complicated that you really can't 
build a Mr. Potato Head truck the way we used to. Trucks were simple enough that you really could order a truck with all these different components and you could do it any way you wanted and it came out and it worked pretty well. That you can't do that anymore. These trucks are just way too complicated so they do need to be built like this, proprietary. For some reason, Packard never figured that out and I, I think that was a big mistake on their part. Packard now does finally build its own engine. The problem is it's awful. Uh, it, it works okay in Europe for certain reasons, but it's not doing well here at all. I, I just do not recommend anybody buy that engine. Then the only other engine that's available is a Cummins. Um, and for that reason, because Packard, Kenworth and Peterbilt have not moved to this proprietary model where they build the truck from front to back, I really just don't recommend their trucks anymore. Okay, I was just wondering because right now my husband and I, we're team drivers and we drive uh, a company truck and it's a Kenworth T680, it's the next gen, it's the 2023. And everyone's talking about their numbers for fuel mileage and I don't know all the technical details, but our gauge like reads 9.5 to 10 miles a gallon, um, depending if we're in the mountains, it'll be like maybe six at the lowest, seven or eight. So that's what I was like, well, I feel like our numbers are kind of reaching what everybody else is saying, but we're driving at Kenworth and nobody references Kenworth. So, well, we, uh, so I was just curious we, which, on that which, end. Which engine do you have in it, the Packard or the Cummins? Oh, man. I okay. can't remember. Right. At first I thought it was the Cummins, but now I'm thinking it's the Packard. Uh, it could be. Oh. Um, and I don't want to freak you out. Oh, this isn't your truck, right? You're just driving this as a company truck. Correct. But yeah. this would so. kind of lead into my next question, which will be a little bit more uh, complicated. So my husband and I, again, we drive company truck and we team and we not really happy with the way things are going with the company. Um, so we were looking into possibly buying our own truck, becoming stop, owner operator, stop here whether a under the stop, yep. stop here a second. Yep. Because I, I've done this a lot, been doing it for a lot of years. I, <laughs> I can cut to the chase fast. That's what I called. <laughs> um, yep. I want you to dig deep and be really honest with yourself and be really honest with me. Okay. So yep. don't answer this right away. I want you to think about the question for a little bit. Uh, take as much time as you need. I can put on some Jeopardy music or whatever we need, but I want you to dig deep and really think about this. And I'm asking because of the way you posted the question. And like I said, I've done this a lot. What I heard was, yeah. we don't like our job as much as we think we should like our job. So we're going to go buy a truck instead. That's what I heard. Uh uh, so Correct. think, think, Correct. think, okay, let me do this then. I'll ask you another question. Um, give me the number one reason you two want to own a truck. The number one reason is my husband always wanted to work for himself. And before we started trucking, we actually owned our own web design business for almost 10 years. Um, so no matter what he wanted to do industry wise, he always wanted to do it himself on his own business. Okay, um, so stop right there. He has the stop. confidence. Yep. Stop. That was the only correct answer. So you got that one right. That to me, that's the only um, correct yeah. answer for getting into business is just that you have that burning desire to be in business. And, and you even yeah. said no matter what business or industry he would have ended up in, he would want to own his own business. And you already have. 
So we can skip all this now. Yes. This is usually where I have okay. to really beat people up bad and say, no, you shouldn't do this. It's a horrible idea. I, I don't need to do that. You are one of the few people that got the right answer on this one. So I don't care about why. It, okay. it, it, he has that burning desire. That's all I care about because that's what you need. Okay. So now we can move on to the next yeah. step. What else can I help you with? So the next question would be um, the second reason why we would want to run on our own is because I hear, obviously, owner-operators make more than a typical company driver. Okay, that's um, not a good so reason. So I'm obviously... Let me explain right. why. Um, uh, let me explain why yeah. so you understand. It is a true statement yeah. that good owner-operators not only make right. more, make, can make significantly more. It, it, I can say this the potential for earnings as a single truck owner operator are always better than the potential as an employee driver. But that's only potential. Are there owner operators right. making significantly less than a company driver might make? Yes. The answer to oh, that sure. is absolutely yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's not a slam dunk, and I don't want anybody ever thinking that, that all I have to do is go buy a truck. Yes, I know I'm going to have to work harder, but I'll make more money. Well, no, you don't know that yet. You could make significantly right. less. One of my best examples, guy came to me in a lease purchase program. He was making 13 cents a mile. That's it. Because the, the expenses of his operation were so high. He was locked into one company and the revenue just wasn't there. He was working hard. And let's think about this. If he would have drove 150,000 miles, which is a lot of miles for the year, he would have made uh, about $20,000. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> the worst company jobs in the country would pay him 50000 for that same amount of work, not twenty. So, yes, the potential is there to make more money. Making that now is up to you. That That's going to be your responsibility right. once you become the business owner. Right. So that's what I was curious, too, because uh, well, one of the reasons to become an owner-operator, obviously, to work for ourselves. That's just what we've always done ever since we were together. And then, obviously, everybody wants to make more money to pay right. the bills. And I want to get ourselves out of what debt we do have. So that's why I was curious, too. Like, if we did get a truck, obviously, we would finance it. We we already looked into a lease program, and we know that's a no. Like, everybody says don't do it. So we're not going to do that. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that, like, okay, so even on top of what debt we do have, we can still get a truck and just obviously make that revenue. So I'm hearing um, some red flags here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing some red flags. So now it's time to talk about money because that's where we're at now. We, yeah. we know that this is a good move for you. I will support that completely. Yeah. I, I think you two need to become owner operators. We want to make sure you do it right. Because if you fail That's at this, I want to do everything right from the start. It's hard to come back from. So I'm going to yeah. ask you some questions, but I think what I'm actually going to do is I think I'm going to be giving you some homework and you're going to have to go do this and come back okay. to me. So I need, I need to answer them the best I can. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to need two numbers and most people don't yeah. have them until I tell them you got to go put this together. And um, this is all part of, part of the course I have. It's in the beginning um, right now I'm walking mm -hmm. you through my course. The first thing I do is really question people hard to make sure that this really is right for them. I, in, in the first two chapters of my book and course, I try as hard as I can to talk somebody out of this. 
Right. Once they get through that and, and like you say, no, this really is what we want to do and you have good reasons for it, then we have to talk about money. So the two numbers I need, I need to know your net worth. Do you understand what that means? Negative. <laughs> is it negative? Um, yeah, everything that we own. Yes, because okay. we are in debt. So to me, See. that would be a negative number. Well, <laughs> maybe not. And I just want to be careful that, that we, we do calculate this number right. So in order to know whether you have a true negative net worth or not, just because somebody's in debt, has debt, does mm-hmm. not mean that they have a negative net worth, not even close. I have debt right now. Right. I could pay that debt off, but I choose not to because it's financed at such a low rate, under 3%. Right. I've got some money that, that I'm only paying about 2% on. Well, I can go get 5% on a bank account. So it'd be insane for me to pay that debt off. Instead, I just stick the money I would have paid that debt off into the savings account, let the interest pay the debt off. And I still have my cash. And yeah. So, and I promise you, I don't have a negative net worth, even though I have debt. So I want to make sure we are thinking about this correctly. If you added up everything you own and, and put a value on it, and, and we get right down to even, you know, household effects. If you had a big garage sale, what, what kind of money could you generate selling everything in your house? And I know that's kind of a weird thing, but that, that's really what we're looking at here. So if we added up everything you own and put a value on it, that's our first number. Then we go to your debt. What is everything you owe? And is that number actually bigger than everything you own? Do you think if you did that, you would still be negative? Yes. Okay. And, and good. I'm um, glad you know that. And I'm glad you're honest about it. That That's a really good yeah. sign too. Um, because it, it's just because you have a negative net worth, the only thing that's going to change for me, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you blew it. You can't be in business now. I'm just going to say all it changes is the timeline. But I will tell you this, you want right. to solve the financial problem before you start this business. Don't think starting the business is going to help you solve the problem. All right. It might. And entrepreneurs are are usually risk takers. So many times we're willing to say, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to start the business in order to help me get out of the debt. You know what? Entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. If you're going to do it, I'm probably not going to be able to talk you out of it. But, but I would tell you, if you want this business to have the best chance possible, and we are still in a very, very volatile economy that I don't understand, and I'm not sure anybody yeah. does. We're in an economy that nobody's seen before. There's too many weird things happening. This downturn that we expect to be maybe 18 to 24 months, I still have economists saying it's not going to happen at all. And then I have others saying, oh, this one could be long. It could be deep. It could be the worst. Nobody really seems to know. So in this scenario, I would be extra cautious. Right. So how much, uh, what are your monthly expenses right now, not counting any payments toward debt? Well, let's do this first. What is the debt? It's. All totals up to 90 grand it's between me and him. And it's just a combination of uh, we have an RV loans, um, just past tax, tax debt, and just some like personal loans. So we don't have like any credit card balances or anything like that. 
It's just, oh, and I have some student loans too. So it all totals up to 90 grand. Okay. Um, my advice would be not to start this till you can cut that in half. Okay. I, I it, it, We don't necessarily have to get it to zero. That would be better. But a 90,000. Now, uh, if you, what is your living situation right now? You paying rent somewhere? Um, I, we technically full-time RV, but we went from full-time RVers to truckers. Okay. Um, so when we're home, we just stay with my mother-in-law. Um, we okay. just have our RV parked in her so, yard and we'll stay there. So we don't have rent or anything like that. So, you know, I'm rethinking this. We could treat that 90000 of debt like it was a mortgage you had on a home somewhere. Lots of people start Yeah, the this, RV we kind of treat as a home loan. Yeah, lot, lots of people start this business and they, they do have a home somewhere and they have a big mortgage and, and you don't have that. So that's kind of a plus. Um, if you wanted to, um, you could start with this debt. I, and I probably would. Uh, I'm the entrepreneur that would say, look, this isn't that big. I could have had a $300,000 mortgage instead. You don't. So uh, I, if you wanted to start working towards this now, you could. It would. The more of the debt you could pay down ahead of time, the better off you'd be. Um, what's your working situation right now? What are you guys doing? You don't like the job. How much are you making roughly? We, um, between the two of us, uh, we, we make around a grant, a thousand dollars a week. Now it could be give or take. It could be 700 some a week. Wait a minute. Or it wait, could a minute be, wait a minute. Why so and low? This is per, per person. Oh, per person. Thank you. Okay. That's better. Per person. That's, That's better. I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I make like around 700 to at the very most 1500 a week, but it's usually around a thousand average. So okay. then you multiply that by two because we're team drivers. So okay. I would just average 2000 a week, um, which is a hundred thousand a year. Easy. It's a hundred thousand yeah. a year. So yeah, we get like, we get 62 cents you, for the truck a mile. Uh, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> a year and a month. So we're actually quite new. Yeah, but I'm I'm wondering if we would have went, what were you doing before this? We ran a web design business. So it was my husband and I, we had lots of clients and all that, but we worked from home and I just, we only, the only reason why we stopped was because I wasn't happy doing that. Um, I wanted to get in something different. And since we full-time RV, we're well, like, why but, drive around? But, we can get paid so for it. I, so. I, I know I'm asking <laughs> weird questions, but I'm asking them for a reason. Uh, I'm trying to kind of figure yeah. out. I, I'm wondering, you said you had that business almost 20 years, right? Is that right? 10 years. 10, okay. Almost 10 years. Why that? Now, what were your living expenses back then? Did you have a mortgage, a home? No, we, again, we full-time RV'd. And if we were home, it was like with his mother-in-law. But we had a lot of credit card debt back then too. And, but we actually got all that paid off recently and... So one of the so things I'm wondering, what we're one of the things I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. is you were in business for 10 years. You have very low living yeah. expenses, which is fine. I'm not sure why we still have yeah. $90,000 in debt and a negative net worth. Um, I'm not going to lie. Back in the day, we uh, traveled a lot in did a lot of unnecessary spending, <laughs> which is what I'm trying um, to get at. So I, I'm going to change my mind yeah. again. I feel like I, I might be schizophrenic on this call. I'm not sure. Um, bipolar okay. or something. It's complex. Uh, yeah. So, yes, you are 
in kind of a good financial position because you don't have a big mortgage. We don't have a lot of expenses to worry about. But I also, and you admitted it, so I'm just going to lay it out. Um, Up until this point, right now, my take on this is you've been poor at money management. Hello? Yes. Are you still there? You're breaking up. Okay. I'm here. Are you here? Yeah. So okay. up, up until this point, I don't know where you are right now. I can only go by history. Historically, you two have been poor money managers. For the first, I'd say, seven or eight years, yes. And in the past, I'd say since 2020, we've been a lot better. Um, like everything is how we should have been doing everything in the first place. So let's try um, this then. Let, let's go back. I, wa- I want you to yeah. start seeing some of these numbers. If you can yeah. remember in 2020. Yeah. So when you say you have a negative net worth and there's about $90,000 in debt, what are the assets? Are there any significant assets that we could say, okay, you might have $90,000 in debt, but we could go sell this and it would give us 30000 in cash. Do you have any assets that are- that We do have-, have- Go yeah, ahead. we have, we actually have two campers where we plan on selling the one and we're hoping some Oh, now I'm losing you. Uh, let me see if that call, the call's still there, but I'm not. Oh, so it's not are. a, I lost you there for a second. So do you have assets? And if so, how much cash could you generate by selling them is really what I'm looking for. Um, so by when it's all said and done, we're probably only going to make like 3000 profit from selling the RV um, that we have that we're planning on selling. So it will drop our debt by like 17 grand. Okay. So, so if we were to go back to 2020, when, you know, you kind of figured out, Hey, we need to start managing our money better. How, what would have been your net yeah. worth in 2020? Oh man, over my guess would probably be like, oh, like negative 120,000. Okay. So <laughs> we had quite a bit of credit card debt and we had a camper payment and all that. And I was still in tax debt and all that. And so. So what that tells us is in the last three years, you've been able to knock out about $10,000 in debt a year. Yeah, I guess. I don't know the numbers, but yeah. Now in this last year, I, um, your expenses just aren't very high at all other than debt payments. Correct. You, you made a hundred thousand. Where did it go? Um, well, I mean, payments, I guess, would just be like for the loans, um, taxes. Student, well, we haven't done anything student loans since they were on hold, which is stupid. But um, it, we have not, the truck payment not, on not, top of like Not an only RV is it payment. stupid, I agree with you, but we have to take <laughs> that into account. You're going to have to start paying those back. At, and I'm wondering why you yeah. stopped. Just because they let you? I mean, you should have had the well, money that I'm trying. What yeah. I'm trying to get to is in this last year, you had plenty of cash coming right. in. Now, had you had a big mortgage at home and kids and all that stuff, a hundred thousand wouldn't be a ton of money, but it's two of you basically living in a truck that the other than debt payments, well, yeah, I'm wondering year, why there wasn't yeah. a, a lot of debt knocked out in this last year, like 30, 40, 50,000 worth. Well, the past year, we were transitioning from closing my old business to getting our CDLs and uh, getting into the, the new okay. company. Now, that let me, so that let, did put let, a damper in. Let me also talk about something there that I'm seeing that is a red flag. 
You had been in business 10 years. You got out of that business and you have a tax debt. Why? In the beginning, I'm only 31 years old. So pretty much 10 years ago, I kind of just fell into the business and I was, my family situation isn't the greatest and I wasn't really taught about business and taxes in the beginning. So when we were kind of full-time RVing and doing our thing, I never set money aside for taxes or anything like that. Very, that's very how common. we got, well, I, me got into it. Very common. I did um, it myself. And then that's when. I, same thing. I talked about it early. He, here's where I'm at on this. I, I, I really yeah. don't think that we have enough evidence that to tell me that you're doing a much, much better job of managing your money now. I think some things maybe okay. have improved, but honestly, if we started this transition three years ago, we started managing our money better, made a hundred thousand last year, expenses are low, somewhere money is still disappearing here. Well, when we did run our own business too, we didn't make a hundred grand every year. It was a lot lower than what we made this past, it, it, I guess, estimated year so working he, for the trucking company. I, I get so. that, but here's the definition <laughs> yeah. of good money management. Good money management right. means you manage to live on the amount that you make, high or low or whatever. Right. If you don't, if your business yeah. doesn't make a lot of money and you choose to stay in that business, then you should be adjusting your living expenses accordingly so that you are saving money and you weren't. Uh, up Correct. until this point in your life, right. you have never yet managed money to the point that you had net worth. Right. I still think... Um, do you follow Dave Ramsey at all? Yeah, I listened to a show um, the past probably two weeks. I, I it, listened to it a while ago and then stopped, and then I started picking back up again. Here would be my plan for you. My plan for you would be to forget about this truck for a little while. Kind of put that on hold. And I would work through mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey's money makeover for the next six months. Right. Forget the truck for right now. Forget the business for right now. Focus on your money. And and his is the best plan. I know it's simple. It's straightforward. It's, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's the right way to do this. He'll talk about, no, you should be selling that every asset you have that you don't need right now, just liquidate them. Take the cash, pay off the debt. And six I know, months. I know, that's exactly what he said. Exactly. <laughs> six months of that will prove that you now have the the knowledge and the ability to manage money better than you have so far. And, and just know, I, I'm, this isn't criticism at all. I did the exact same thing about the same time. I mean, at 28, I was in business. I was making all kinds of mistakes. I was not managing my money well. I had tax debt. I was where you were for all the same reasons. But I'm telling you that the better way to get out of this would be to take six months and just focus on your your personal financial situation right now and improve it. Let's see how much improvement right. you can make in those numbers in six months. That does two things. It gets us in a better financial position, which you need, but it also proves that you can. Right now, I don't think that proof is there yet. You have, you and your husband both have what we call the entrepreneurial curse. We spend money recklessly sometimes because we just believe we can always go make more. Right. 
It, it, it's, it, it's a real thing. Almost every entrepreneur deals with it. You know, look, if you're an employee and you start to get in debt, I mean, you should be able to look at that and say, wait a minute, this is my paycheck. This is all my paycheck is going to be next week and the week after and the month after. And it just should be logic at that point that you can't keep spending like this. Entrepreneurs don't have right. that, though. I, my paycheck this week or, or my profit this week, maybe there was a thousand dollars left. Well, as an entrepreneur, I can just go work more. I can cut my expenses. I could say, well, if I do all this, there'll be fifteen hundred left next week. So that gets in our head and we tend to not manage our money well because we just think we can always overcome it by earning more. And, and it's just not a good way to, and, and right now I know what you guys are doing. I can hear it. It's why I asked all the questions the way I asked it. You are looking at this business as the way to get out of debt. As an improvement over yes, our it's general not. lifestyle. It's not, and, though. Uh, you, you can't and, look uh, at it that way. Yeah. You can't look at it that way. Right. Because you're not, here's something else. And again, we just have to face the hard fact. I don't know why you only made the amount of money you made with your other business, but it wasn't a lot. So right. we, we still don't know about your entrepreneurial skills. We know about your okay. money management up to this point. It has not been good. We have an insight into your entrepreneurial skills. You did start a business and run it for 10 years, but it doesn't sound like it was all ever very profitable, really. But I don't know if it was that or if it was just our lifestyle. Cause I mean, like we did make like around five grand a month, but our goal was always 10 grand. So it was five to eight grand. But then again, like you said, well, where'd all the money go? Right. So, right. And, and, and so, I mean, it was all right, but I, we just never really grew it bigger than what it could. And then I just became unhappy with it. And then we switched jobs. And now he's really unhappy with being a company driver. He said, if we're going to keep trucking, we need to get on our own here sometime soon. So that's what I was trying to figure out. I just want to do it right the first time. Yeah. And I do get that. I really do. But I want you to do it right the first time too. I would take six months and see what you can do with this debt. I would make that your entire focus. I would sell everything I could sell. I would work every mile I could possibly work. And all that cash would go towards paying down debt for six months. Right. Okay. And during that time, call me every week you want. We'll start planning your business now. We don't have to wait to plan. Yeah, that's because, that's well, depending on how this conversation went out, so I was going to ask about, okay, when it comes to buying a truck, um, the only thing we know is the Kenworth, the, the next gens, but everyone that we're looking at online is like 135,000 or 140. And you guys are talking about buying trucks that are like 40 or 60 grand. I'm like, well, what the heck? So that, that's, that's, um, the I know kind like we of, have to shop around and that's the kind of planning we can start doing now because you are new in the industry. You don't understand trucks and specs and equipment and costs. And let's start working on that. I'll help you with it. Call every week if you want. Um, I'll give you books to go yeah, read. I even called our company. Yeah, but but it, you're, you're, her, you're right, not ready. I emailed our yet. company for the specs, but okay. That, oh, but trust <laughs> right, me, that's they, what I was just... they don't understand the specs they're going to give you. They can give you the documents to that's show what they are. Probably why he hasn't emailed me back yet. But but they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Do not ask them for advice on specking trucks. Believe it or not, the worst place to go for advice on specking trucks is big fleets that spec a lot of trucks. They spec them all wrong. Almost yeah, always have. That's how we wanted to buy the truck we're buying or driving now. But they said that they don't do it because they lease them with Kenworth. And so well, I said, that, all right, well, well maybe we can well, find one well, as close as we can. But. Why? 
Why do you want the truck you're in? I don't want it. I wouldn't buy it as an owner-operator. Um, well, our reasoning was because we know how it drives. Like, we are the first-time drivers for the trucks. We know everything it's been through. We know meaningless. the maintenance. We know me- what we've me- done to it. Meaningless. Right, yeah. Meaningless. <laughs> right. The, it's the wrong specs. Okay. If it, it, I just know it's the wrong specs. I, I pack car. It's it's almost impossible to build a really good truck with pack car right now. And I don't mean the quality. I mean the mm-hmm. choices I have for right. engine and driveline just don't work for me. There's too much risk okay. that when that engine starts having emission problems, it gets really expensive. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, okay, that's what I hear too. Like Kenworth is more kind of pricey in terms of overall maintenance. Mm, uh, yeah, that that's not really. I don't what, know if that's- it, it, it's not really what I'm getting at. All, all trucks are going to cost you about the same because I, even if I have a Kenworth, I can take it to an independent shop. They have an hourly rate. It, it's not more expensive yeah. because it's a Kenworth. The problems are going to come okay. in, and that we can't spec the drive line the way we should and the way we need to to be efficient. And that drive line okay. can cause more emission problems. Okay. So you guys aren't ready yet. I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. I think you absolutely should. You just need more time to get ready. And I'll help you with that. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, we even like called Landstar for information. Because I know that's who you recommend to a lot of people, but they just sent me PDF. They didn't really do a lot in terms of information, but maybe I just talked uh, to the wrong person. No, you didn't. You, you, I will tell you this. There is almost nobody for you to go ask that you're going to get good advice about this. Right. Nobody. Landstar can't help you with this. They really can't. Uh, they're, they're not going to help you set up the business right, spec a truck right, you know, modify it. The tra- they, they can't do that stuff. They're not going to. They don't know how. Right. What, all they care about is, are you going to come and work for them and pull freight for them? The business is up to you. Right. The yeah. dealer can't help you with this. Dealers don't know how to spec trucks. The fleet, your fleet can't help you with this. They don't understand being an owner operator. They really don't. I hate to say this, but there just really isn't yeah. many. There, there just aren't many places you can go for this kind of advice. Right. And much okay. of the advice that's out there, you find people on TikTok doing videos and YouTube. Man, some of that stuff is just scary. Run the other way. Oh, I don't. I don't even get on social yeah, media. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Don't, because you'll never be able to figure out what advice is right or wrong. Most of it, I will tell you, that you find on social media is just wrong. It's all junk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that's just what I generally wanted to go over, just kind of see, like, what's our situation, if it sounded good or not. And And I know, like, obviously, the more debt you can get out of, the better. Absolutely. And one of those balancing acts for us, so... It is. I just want you to lean towards being a little more conservative this time. Yeah. Just let's let's. So Um, and and here's some good news. You survived your first call into a radio show. Yeah, I was nervous and I've been wanting to do it for weeks, to be honest. And then you keep saying, I love calls with new drivers. And I'm like, oh, man, I do. And that's why I spent so much time with you. In fact, my next show is now 10 minutes past due, but that's okay because this was important. Well, I'll let you go, then. I appreciate the advice. You're welcome. I'll look forward to hearing back from you. All right. I do need to wrap this up. I took a lot of time on that call, but um, I I think those are the kind of calls that are worth it. They have potential to be good owner-operators. They really do. They need help, and I'll help them because there isn't a lot of help on this stuff. There really isn't. Um, I do have to wrap this up. Um, 
rolling toe will be right back in less than five minutes. So don't go away. Um, after rolling toe, we will see you over at Twitter spaces for a trucking free for all at, uh, 10 15 Pacific time. We'll see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. <laughs>